Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. If you want to learn more about your host, make sure to listen to episode one. That, that music just gets me going every time. Oh, every time. Every single gets time. Gets the wiggles out. All of it. Perfect. <laughs> it's a good, like, let's get this show started. Totally. <laughs> happy vibes. It is happy vibes. Uh, speaking of happy vibes, I've been streaming a lot of things. Um, and right now I'm actually re-watching Gilmore, Gilmore Girls from start Aww. to finish. I oh, love that goodness. show. I love that show. Me too. I'm like, and it's on Netflix right now. So why not start it again? Oh, that's I binge watched that like 16 years ago. I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It stands the test of time. I think it has an emerging audience and a revisiting audience. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. What are you streaming right now? Oh, my husband and I are hooked on Yellowstone. I haven't checked that one out. No, I've heard good things. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It's like, it's a, just a, like a travelogue, like fantasy land of, you know, Montana West. And, um, there's this character, her name is Beth. Oh my God. She is hardcore and she's awesome. She's like the most powerful female character on television that I've ever seen. And I'm so into her and she's terrible, nasty, and awesome. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. wow. Love her. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely creating the suspense to want to go check it out. I need yeah, to know yeah. Beth character. Yeah, slog through slog through season one because she does not emerge in all her glory until season two. But she awesome. is on it. Awesome. Yeah. So what's up? What's what you watching, Chris? What you got going over there? Well, we just started binging something called The Brotherhood. Um, it's awesome. all in Brazilian Portuguese. It's a Brazilian oh. show, which we don't often do, but I'm um, listening to it in Portuguese and, you know, reading the English subtitles. And uh, yes, very, very, very good. Cool. Um, so I'll I'll keep you in suspense because I'm on the third episode. Okay. So I don't really even fully know the whole storyline yet, but it's okay. one of those that you definitely want to keep watching because they're developing uh-huh. the characters. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a brother and sister, the brothers in prison. She sent them there when she was very young uh, because oh. of weed, you know, but then it gets oh. all kinds of different after that. So cool. It's a complicated story, I think, with family and drama yeah. and prison but we're not here for hey. that <laughs> here. family drama in prison it's a new show how did the wrong podcast <laughs> we are here with our special guest mr brad herda and let me tell you about brad <laughs> so brad is the founder of vision forward business solutions and co-host of the blue collar bs podcast he has the mission to positively impact 1,000 blue-collar families. I just love that mission. He does this by focusing on building businesses that grow, uh, can attract Gen Z talent, and be able to be sold or transferred to the next generation. He is passionate about ensuring blue-collar is not looked at 
as less than uh, creating a revival of pride to work with your hands. And I think this ties in so nicely to an article that we've uh, covered on the show in the Mm -hmm. past, some Mm -hmm. of those preconceived notions of what it means to work in manufacturing and have Mm -hmm. a kind of a blue collar career. Yeah. Um, something that I'll just mention about Brad well, while we're here, uh, oh. we have a long history oh. together. Oh. I can't we- wait. <laughs> <laughs> here we worked go. in a previous life together, so uh, I had the wonderful experience of that. And I know he is the one who introduced Lori and I, so yep, uh, sure it was did. his introduction. Oh. Thanks, Brad. That, yeah, That's thank you. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> for sure. But he's also my personal and professional coach. So together, oh. we've been working together for, gosh, Brad, I think it's, it could be five years for sure. It's four years. Um, he's I can look me. at the data if you'd like me to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think we need it for this, but uh, he's definitely kept oh. me accountable. Awesome. Uh, he's pushed me to get out of my comfort zone. And I probably wouldn't be on shows like this if it weren't for Brad. So thank you. One hundred percent. Thank you, Brad. Would not be here if you were not being pushed to uh, behave differently, Chris. That is for sure. Well, and it's a natural talent she has too. So I'm glad that you identified that and pushed her toward it. Because Chris, you got skills, (laughs) Mister. Oh yeah. Let's hear about Brad. he, He keeps pushing. He keeps pushing. So, Brad, I have a first question for you. Yep. Why are you so passionate about manufacturing and getting Gen Z involved? So growing up myself, uh, I've been in manufacturing or working on cars or whatever since I've been really, really young. And um, I've been blessed to be able to mentor in the first robotics programs for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And, and working at Bucyrus and CAT and doing the outsourced manufacturing or subcontract work and getting to see all of those mom and pop shops and you know, the people that are employed and the skills that exist and then watching that just deteriorate Mm. from basically 2001 until Mm -hmm. today still. Yeah. um, Because we said no to two generations of people to get into, into that work. Yeah. They they weren't like the boomers or the X guys, Gen X's. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And in order for this to survive, in order for us to make really cool things. Yeah like we did at Bucyrus and Cat and some of the manufacturers, all the really cool shit that's made here in Wisconsin and around this country. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do it if we don't figure out how to get these kids into the mm-hmm. marketplace. In mm-hmm. some yeah. shape or form. Got it. And yeah. it is, it is so awesome to, you know, you just look at like the cool things made in Wisconsin list that comes out every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to have that pride, to have people say, hey, we made those things or be able to put that out there and being able to say, for me, right, I delivered seven drag lines around the world. I'm the only person that's ever done that on this planet <laughs> from that perspective. Uh, it's really cool to say, I know those pieces of equipment around the world that are unearthing coal to keep our energy sources alive, right? Yeah. It's, it's awesome to have that feeling and um, that is eroding and we need to bring it back. And tell them how many shipments you had to manage just for one drag line. So one drag line equates to 254 individual shipments, either on a wow. truck or on a rail car. And then it goes wow. on to uh, typically four vessels, three vessels to travel wherever it needed to go to. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. When you think about nine the logistics. Million pounds, nine million pounds yeah. of 13 million pounds of material. 
Yeah. Whoa. So not only do you manufacture it, get it ready. You can't assemble it, but you got to get it to the site to be assembled there. So it's a, there's a lot of pride and joy in that work for sure. Parts ranging anywhere from, you know, the size of, you know, regular washer to, you know, weldments that were 260,000 pounds. Yeah. That's crazy. So then runs the gamut. Yep. Yeah. It was a blast. And I've been blessed to be able to live that and, and go through that. And um, I want to share that passion with others and show people that it's, that it's possible. That's super yeah. cool. So how, how, how's it going? Like, I, I think there are, people are catching your, your message and other folks are, are in the choir along with you. Have you seen that needle move? And what is that looking like? It, it is moving. Um, you know, yes, there's still high schools get paid on performance. They get their reimbursements from the states based on ACT scores and college education, right? So the education system did a much better marketing job of capturing people's attention and allure for the mm-hmm. experience than to go to work in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, the universities and education system got ahead of that and industry did not do anything. Um, you had a group of individuals. So for myself as a, a Gen X, early Gen X, um, college was that next thing. You know, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily need a college education to do my job or to move forward. Right. But, but- the guys, the folks that are in there, you know, 50 and younger, um, it was expected that everybody yeah. had a college education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it became, hey, we got to get a master's degree, right? <laughs> yeah, right. To do this, to do this yeah. role. Uh, Chris yeah. and I have a mutual friend who, you know, the big joke was, oh, you have a master's degree, so let me show you how to do this, right? <laughs> our, That's our a good one. Our, our good friend Andy, right? He's got a master's yeah. degree, but let me show you how this works. Um, and they acquired all this debt. Yeah. Right. And the ratio between what I'm making out of, you know, if I'm going to come out not to pick on marketing, Lori, but to come out of college (laughs) with a $200,000 debt structure to make $45,000 is not sustainable. Yeah. With my marketing or communications degree, it's no longer in balance. And you have a generation of people that have that debt that are now saying, I don't want that for my kids. Right. And there's an outlet for that to happen today in the manufacturing, construction, and trade space that gives them an outlet to not have to go spend two hundred thousand dollars to make really good money and have yeah. a really good career and have a and live your life purpose. Yeah. So that's you mentioned parents, and I would say that, and you know, like seventy five percent of the conversations I have around this topic. Uh, we talk about young people and what they need and why they should be excited about manufacturing. And then we kind of, we get to the parents and the influence that parents have on the direction they take and everybody gets a little deflated. Do you see that any communication going out to parents, you see parents starting to recognize that this is a good direction to um, encourage their kids to go into what's, what's the job of mom and dad here? Yeah. One of the, one of the school districts here in our area, they've got a really good program where they've got, they started this program, I don't know, 10 years ago, I think one or two kids into this program to be able to work summers, get internships, mm-hmm. get exposure. They yeah. now have 80 kids. <gasps> wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. Summer internships, getting the experience to go on the floors, to do the things, to make that happen um, because it's about getting that exposure. And then when the kids are excited about it, yeah. And 
we parent differently today, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, hey, make your own decision earlier, yeah. not do what I say. There's a lot more, uh, instead of being parents, more being friends. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> for good or up. for worse. <laughs> right. Um, we could have another podcast on parenting if you want to do that, Brad. Yeah, no, I'm going to. I'll, I'll step out of that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll that. Um, you know, so it just gives them the opportunity to say, oh, they're really excited and they can see the dollars and and there's a, uh, with the current economic situation and inflation and things that are going on, there's more realization of, okay, I can spend $200,000 to go to four years and have a great experience, or I can go make $60,000, yeah. have somebody pay for my education potentially along the way, right? get to the same point, increase my lifetime earnings, not have all the debt, not have all the stress, not have all those things. And I'm going to go to school for what I want to do, not just because I was told to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great path. So great so, opportunity. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. But let's talk about um, how manufacturers are recruiting right now. So, what do you think about manufacturers and how they're going about finding new talent? I think they do a terrible job. Oh, don't <laughs> do don't hold back, job. Brad. <laughs> you know, Aaron, I know we've just met, but that's one thing. It's uh, I'll just. It's pretty straightforward for me. Um, All right, bring it. There are, they're promoting the wrong things. There's a, uh, a steel packaging manufacturer here in town that is looking for maintenance folks. They want to hire 13 maintenance folks. All they talk about is wages. Mm-hmm. If wages were the issue that people wanted to go after these jobs, the jobs would be full. Sure. Yep. And we're, we're trying to go and beg employees to come in by saying, we're going to offer you more money. How much more money can we offer you to come work for us? Mm -hmm. Please, please come work for us. So they're coming from the scarcity mindset instead of trying to figure out what they are really good at. What is their purpose as the generations have changed and the behaviors have changed that work-life balance piece, the, what is your purpose? What are we creating at the end of the day for the greater good? Yes. Is mm-hmm. really, really important yes. to yeah. that mid-millennial and younger. Yes. The boomer or Gen Z kid or um, Gen X guy, we could give two shits, right? Tell me what my job is. Let me go do my job and move forward. But we're not getting hired for those roles because, well, A, they're not going to ask the question, do you really want to do that job? And B, the assumption is that, oh, they're going to want too much money. Mm-hmm. And they never ask those questions. So you don't get through the filters. You don't get through all the online bullshit for. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't meet this criteria or whatever. Right. And it just becomes a cluster. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love what you're saying about the messaging and, and reaching the younger generations on the things that matter to them. Obviously, good pay is important, Mm -hmm. but if it, like you said, if it was the only factor, those jobs would be filled. Not only that, we wouldn't even be looking at student debt because then people would be like, that's obviously not where I want to go. Like they're looking for meaning, they're looking for purpose. And that's why they're kind of willing to take on some of this debt. That's part of the reason it's complicated. I know. But (laughs) once Let's say you have success. You do it all right. You line it up. You got your good messaging. You're attracting a, a diverse workforce, both in terms of, you know, in all the demographic senses. Um, now you've got a 
factory or a floor that's full of all different kinds of folks. And some of those are young and some are old. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that diversity in a, in a manufacturing work environment to get, bring the best experience for everyone and also to have, uh, not to have a ton of turnover? What, what are some of the key? I, I'm a big believer in making sure you have the accountability and expectations set. Okay. Because at the end of the day, humans don't want to disappoint other humans, right? You guys can't, right? for this podcast, as an example, I got the email, here you go, this is what we need to do. I could have easily said, oh, hey, it's too quick. You sent it to me last night. I'll make it happen and, and not Ooh, do what we wanted to do. Oh, but I didn't. Careful, right? Brand. Don't let anybody know. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I won't tell Our secret. Else, but, it, <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's okay, right? I wanted to make sure that I gave you what you guys needed so we can have a good show. Right. Yeah. It's no different than in a, at work. If people know that we want to do these things, this is what we got to get done. And it's expected that you pull 400 lines a day for pick, pack, and ship, or you need to get 300 units a day out of your line or whatever those things are. People typically don't want to disappoint. Right. Yep. And if you right. set those expectations and as leaders, you take away the barriers for people to use excuses or blame and put them in a position of success and lead from a, um, a servant leadership position, so to speak, mm -hmm. amazing things can happen. Um, and I know it can happen because I was blessed to go through that scenario at Bucyrus when we were, when we had this really good group of about 30, 35 people and it was magic. So I know yeah. it can happen. I yeah. know it's available, yeah. but it takes time, yeah. energy, and effort and investment to make it work. Yeah. There's no easy button and too many manufacturers have spent the last 15 years riding the high and not doing anything yeah. to look at the future. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is such a good reflection. And what I'm hearing you say is uh, don't let whining about all oh, the young people work like this or the older people don't do it this way or blah, 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 be what keeps you from having an amazing workforce experience. Accountability that applies to everybody. Doesn't matter what color your skin, how old you are, what your gender is. Accountability helps humans rise to their best and stop worrying about the details of who the people are because they're all human and i think right. that's such a good message brad and, and understand where your floor of expectations are because not everybody's going to deliver at the same level but if you know and ultimately when i work with clients it's about raising the floor mm -hmm. and not trying to limit the ceiling let's yeah. just keep raising the floor so we get better all the time so somebody can come in and instead of taking seven months to get them up to speed, it's now four months or three months or two months. Because um, let's face it, kids today grow up, grew up differently than those that are in hiring practices for the most part. Uh -huh. you know, even right. the Gen Z kids, my kids are 25 and 23. Um, they grew up differently than the 35-year-old, right? Even that 10-year span, it was just a different, sure. Sure. different life experiences, different cultural experiences. Uh -huh. Um, different opportunities. Yeah. I love the way that you're describing things because I think that's what can unite us. And it's definitely cross generation. So perfect. Well, thank you, uh, Brad. This is going to move us into the next area of the show, which we always like to call uh, complete the sentence. I just learned that. So Lori, I'll start with you. What'd you learn? Oh, yeah. 
I'm excited. This is actually really cool. So there's a ton of studies that have been done about um, the natural sounds that in, in just the whole world of you know, nature, basically, mm-hmm. and how they have um, a great positive impact on our overall well-being and oh. respect for nature. So now there is kind of like this, um, it's kind of like a Spotify, but for na- natural sounds called earth.fm. So you can listen to any nature oh, anywhere. Cool. Really, really cool. But it's supposed to just help you with your overall well-being and hopefully um, give people more respect for nature. Ah, that could be why there's so many apps now that allow you to do that. But I hadn't heard of that one. So that's yeah. good. Awesome. That's Aaron, what, what have you learned? Cool. Well, you know, I always like to get into the woo-woo futuristic stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, AI, artificial intelligence coming up and up and up in the, in the profile and the news and people are talking about it, thinking about it. And there was a recent study that came out from MIT Sloan Management Review. Um, and they did a survey of companies asking about how they incorporate AI. And so there were five categories of how you use AI in a corporate setting. One, AI decides and implements. So that's what we think of as like really future state. Mm-hmm. AI decides and then human implements. And we're a little more used to that. Like it's closer, but it's a little weird. The AI is making the decision. AI recommends and human decides, and there's more products we've seen in manufacturing that are talking about doing exactly that. Sure. AI generates insights and human uses those insights in a decision process. Now that is, is quite, we even see that if you use a Gmail, you know, like mm-hmm. the automated uh, responses kind of falls into mm-hmm. that category. Mm-hmm. And then human generates and AI evaluates. So those are the five categories. And what they discovered is that the most successful companies are implementing in some way or fashion each of those. But what really shocked me was that 60% of those companies in that survey, and unfortunately, I don't know how many there were, um, uh, <laughs> say that they, the AI is deciding and implementing in some facet of their business. Mm-hmm. That means it's a fully automated uh, process that's occurring um, outside of human intervention. It, uh, if you don't think about the humans build AI in the first place, so that was super fascinating. It is fascinating. I'm, Our, I'm so fascinated by AI right now. Yeah, oh, me too. Uh, definitely the power of it. I'm curious. Are you guys meeting any companies that are implementing AI? Because while it's it's talked about, I can say personally. Um, we are looking at things for AI for our business to mm-hmm. enable manufacturers, but have you, are you doing anything or meeting with other companies that are doing something today? Yeah, although a little bit of it is, is branding. I think so AI, you know, what it is, is you you can have pretty intense discussions about that, but it's essentially is machine learning. Um, But the intelligence part, that's a, that's a more, a slipperier definition. So I do see AI attached to several, you know, processes on the market um, Mm -hmm. for manufacturing, how much that is in fact artificial intelligence, I, I think is up for debate. So it's yeah. certainly 
on the market um, brand wise, but implementation and truly being intelligent, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Certainly not for the smaller companies, for the larger ones that I'm not talking to. I think they're absolutely implementing it, but yeah. yeah. I can tell you in the marketing space, it is starting to make some big traction, especially around content creation, mm-hmm. not just text, yeah. but even visuals. Yeah. AI is actually creating images now, which is fascinating. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. I know some people could be really scared by that, but we, uh, oh, I cannot wait. I just want to <laughs> say, Hey, I have this basic idea. Can I have a late blog article on it, please? Yeah. AI? yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's already out there. It that's is. definitely wow. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually we're going to start, um, exploring some of that technology internally at Keystone Click. Cool. I want to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I want to hear, we need to have an episode about that, but don't you think it, it changes you know, if you always say that thinking about thinking is really important, I've heard many people mm-hmm. say that, um, mm-hmm. how do you, I guess we'll be thinking about thinking about different things. You know, if, if we're having to just decide because we're getting these recommendations or it's already evaluating or, mm-hmm. you know, so it'll be interesting how thinking changes from that. Yeah, it will be. And it'll be hard to analyze it because we'll be in it, you know, we'll right. Fish, exactly. fish in that water. So yeah. to the matrix. We'll, we'll <laughs> totally time, right. Time and trends and everything <laughs> else after. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, so, lear- what have you learned recently, Chris? Uh, I, well, I, this is going to kind of date the show. I'm sorry, but I was watching Wimbledon this morning and, oh, cool. um, uh, Novak Djokovic had just started right before I had to get up and jump in the shower and get ready. But um, he has won six times already. And I don't know if you guys are tennis fans. I'm a huge tennis fan, uh, not necessarily of of him all the time, but I love to watch all of the tennis matches and it's on my bucket list to go watch all oh. the major ones uh, cool. at some point in my lifetime. So uh, it was just fun to have that on this morning and see, cause it's still early days. They're in the third round right now. So awesome. U- U.S. open opening round night matches is on my bucket list. For oh sure. yeah. We'll go together. Oh, you guys can go together. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah. U.S. open tennis, watching those for that first week in the night matches and till midnight is now. I don't make it till minute anymore. I'll stay <laughs> on the couch, but yeah. that's why we have streaming. That's right. <laughs> it's for us old folks that go to bed early. Right. Uh, Brad, what have you learned? So um, what I have learned is that Aaron has a massive crush on Beth and wants to be like her. As I do. And it's terrible. Cause right? you sorry. That's like, okay. Oh, I'm just awful. using that as ingest and we've just met but so i do a lot of research for um, this generational activity multi-generational support and um mclean and company i, I downloaded their 22 hr 20, 2022 hr trends and i found this particular part to be very interesting um on the recruiting side uh increase in candidate ghosting for remote capable jobs yeah is at up 18%. So it's 39% for remote being ghosted, 57% for being on site. It's higher Um, for on site? For hiring for on site, 
57% of the candidates are ghosting people when they come in for the interviews and not showing up and doing what that's a big number. I can relate to the remote ones, but wow, I can't imagine the in-person. In the, uh, there's been a 13% change in application for job openings. Mm. Um, So remote job opening applications are down as well as on-site job applying, right? So that transition of what workforce is and what income is and what sustain, what, how to make a living has changed dramatically. And I have that conversation with prospects and clients all the time as particularly the Xers and boomers going, even my parents, they're like, how are these people making all these monies? Are they just all influencers? Some are, some make Mm -hmm. good living. I have a client, a fitness client who has an influencer. She's making 500 K a year in the gaming world just to be online wow she's not in the workforce she's not in any statistics not anywhere but making a really good living doing doing something different so applications are down and then the amount of rejected offers are up 10 percent wow over the last few years they're the on-site industry rejection rate is 55 percent the remote rejection rate is 45 percent according wow. to the study. Oh. Great so you have to recruit basically if you have two job opening a job opening you got to find you got to put at least two offers out. Hmm. Because the odds because yeah. the odds are just saying hey so and even to get those people to go through right, right. you need to have mm-hmm. 10 applicants to fill one job yeah. it's, it's insane. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. And then you probably have to set aside more interviews considering the ghosting statistics as well mm-hmm. and that puts a lot of pressure on hr it does and that's what they're saying the stress levels of hr have gone through the roof through the um, roof in that space. oh we love you hr people you're super <laughs> duper important to any hr people listening just we're here for you right love the you. study shows out of the you know the stress levels i experience a higher level of stress related to my job as an hr professional today compared to three years ago 60 percent of the people said yes mm. wow yeah, that's i believe tough. it yeah right. that's um, tough so you know it's important to respect and have those opportunities to know hey look they're doing what they can mm-hmm. um, but my suggestion to them is do something different out behavior competition do be different yeah Find, reach out, right? And yeah. if, if your employees aren't your biggest recruiting source, right. then you have a different problem from a leadership perspective. And, mm. and that's where I think a lot of manufacturers have opportunity. If you don't have, if your people aren't recruiting and bringing people into you on a regular basis and, mm-hmm. and not just, you don't want to do it just to pay them, right? Don't, it's great if you say, hey, we're this referral bonuses here. Awesome. Yeah. If they're doing it for the referral bonus and not because they want to work with them, that's a different problem. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. All right, Brad. Um, tell our audience uh, how they can find you if they'd like to reach out to you. Um, usually the easiest way is I'm uh, out on LinkedIn uh, underneath Brad Herda, uh, H E R D A. Uh, my website is uh, Vision for Business Solutions. The site is V as in Victor, F as in Frank, um, B as in boy, solutions.com. 
because I didn't want to have 75 characters and <laughs> did shorten it to VFBS. VFBSolutions.com <laughs> is the website there. Um, you can reach out to me through the podcast as well, Blue Collar BS, which uh, we have interviews and guests with people there. So lots of opportunities. Uh, I'm not difficult to find. It's there. It's available. Um, you guys found me, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Contact any one of us. Pretty we'll, easy we'll to get in touch it. with. Yeah. yeah Blue collar right. BS. That's easy to remember. Nice. It's a great one. Nice. Too. Yeah. That's, yep. yep. That well, thank you for being an amazing guest. Those went through a lot of title iterations to come up with that finally, but it was we, that's where we landed. So. Oh, we know we the know. feeling. We know. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there. And, and, a broadcast. Her. I love that title. That is the best title <laughs> to me. If there were title awards for podcasts, you definitely would be winning the award. Well, oh, there sure. is, and you just gave it to us. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Nominated and won. Yes. All <laughs> That's well, that. Thank you so much. That, that means a lot because it was a process to come. The, to anybody that has a podcast knows that process. So right. <laughs> thank That's you right. so much, Brad. Yep. No thank, thank you, Brad. You. Thank well, you. Wonderful to be with all of you guys. See you next time. Adios. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.